you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to be in 1 Samuel chapter number 17. 1 Samuel chapter number 17. This is one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible. It is the story of David and Goliath, okay? Now, some would say, well, this is more appropriate for kids' church. No, it's not, okay? I believe that every one of us need to realize what God can do if we give him the opportunity. I think sometimes we forget how powerful God really is. How God is just looking for someone to take a step of faith. He's just looking for someone to believe him. You know, David stepped out because a whole nation was, was cowarding to a, to a giant. David stepped up and David was promoted on this day because everybody else was allowing fear to reign and rule in their life. Friends, I got to tell you, fear will, will cost you so very much. Fear will, will sabotage your faith. Fear will keep you from doing great things from God, for God. But if you'll take a step of faith, if you will believe God... I believe great things will happen. Today's message began with a quote that I read recently. And in fact, I've already said it this morning. The quote says, if there's a giant in front of you, that means there's a David inside of you. Let me say that again. If there's a giant in front of you, that means there's a David inside of you. Last week when Justice Freeman spoke about David, the Lord reminded me of this powerful quote. King David, as I said, is one of my favorite Bible characters in all of the Bible. He's an amazing success story going from simple shepherd boy to the greatest king of all of Israel. Pretty cool, pretty cool story. He was a great warrior, so you men, we'd love him. Okay, I preached on David at men's retreats and men's gatherings because he was a warrior. He was a fighter. He had something within him. He was an amazing warrior king. But he wasn't just that. He was also a great worshiper. You know, sometimes we think those two don't work very well, but they absolutely can mesh wonderfully. David proved it. He was a warrior. He was a worshiper. But maybe the greatest thing ever said in Scripture about David was that he was a man after God's own heart. Seth, isn't that a pretty good goal for us to be? We want to be men after God's own heart. Amen? Our wives want us to be men after God's own heart. You, you try to speak into those 24 kids' lives. Be men after God's own heart. Men and women, that should be a goal for all of us to aim for. As you turn in your Bibles to our text in 1 Samuel 17, let's pray that the Lord helps us all find the David that he has placed within us all. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for an amazing story that we're about to read. We thank you, Lord God, that, that within every one of us, you have placed the spirit of David. God, that's a victorious spirit. That's a spirit that can help us do great things for you. I pray today, Lord God, that no longer would we be paralyzed by fear, but God, we would be energized by faith to take a step of faith to watch giants fall. I ask today, Lord God, that you would, you would help us, Lord, to, to connect with the David inside of us and watch that Goliath, watch that giant in our life be knocked down to his knees. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody would say, amen. Back to our quote. If there's a giant in front of you, that means there's a David when inside of you. Our text in 1 Samuel tells the amazing story of David and Goliath and how God used an obscure shepherd boy to win a great victory for all of Israel. We'll soon read of Goliath, the Philistine army's giant warrior who, who struck fear into the hearts of all Israel. The giant in today's story is very obvious. 
But we all face giants from time to time in our lives, don't we? What is the giant in your life that's trying to intimidate you into trading your faith for fear and trying to to keep you from doing all that God wants you to do? Some giants include sickness, sickness and disease. Man, it's hard to accomplish the Great Commission when you ought to commission, huh? It's hard, to, it's hard to have the joy of the Lord when you wake up and you're hurting in the morning, isn't it? Sickness and disease sometimes can be that giant in your life that's keeping you from the greatest thing that God has for you. Maybe it's the dreaded C word. You know, just last week I was praying with someone who the doctor said it could be cancer. You know, that strikes fear into everybody's hearts. I, obviously, I hate cancer. I hated cancer before it took my dad's life. I hate it even more today. I hate cancer. I think it's a scourge. It's a plague. But, but, but that is a giant that can fall in God's presence. What else are some giants? Maybe a family crisis. How many have had a family crisis in the last year? Lift your hand. Family crisis. You know what? The enemy loves to attack the family. Why? Because God created the family. God put the family unit together, and every time that you do something significant for God, it blesses your family. So he knows if he can attack your family, it can sabotage your faith. Also, I believe that strong churches are made up of strong families. So the way he attacks the church is he attacks your family. So maybe a family crisis recently has been that giant in your life. Maybe a job or career crisis. You know, guys, in the economy that we live in today, sometimes jobs go away. Sometimes we get a pink slip. Sometimes we're doing everything right, Tracy, and then things go wrong. Sometimes that happens, and that is a very stressful time. That's a big giant that can stand before you. Maybe it's the unholy trinity that I like to call fear, worry, and anxiety. Fear, worry, and anxiety. That can stand like a giant keeping you from God's best. Maybe it's a stubborn habit that you've yet to break. A dawning task at work that seems like more than you can handle. Or maybe it's that person you know you got to have that difficult conversation with, but you've been putting it off. We got any procrastinators in the house? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Give me a second. It'll take me a moment to get my hand up. (laughs) Okay? Hey, we're all procrastinators, okay? We want to put it off, okay? But guys, sometimes we're putting it off for the wrong reasons. Sometimes fear is keeping us from having that conversation. So whatever the case may be, we all have giants. We all understand what that giant is, right? Whatever you may be dealing with today, the moment I mentioned a giant before you, I believe the Holy Spirit quickened in your spirit exactly what that giant in your life is. And I've got good news for you. If there's a giant in front of you, there's a David inside of you. If there's a giant in front of you, Dawn, if there's something you're dealing with today, there's a David inside of you. If there's a situation that that troubles you, if there's a a disease that that you have yet to, to walk in healing from, if there's some habit that continues to trip you up, if there's a giant in front of you, there's a David inside of you. Pastor, I don't feel much like a David. That's okay. Remember, we don't walk by feelings, we walk by faith. And the same God that has allowed a giant to face you has also placed a David inside of you. And David specializes in defeating giants. Amen? Let's let's learn how God intends to knock that giant down to size. 1 Samuel chapter number 17. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version this morning. Gives you just a little background. Saul is king. 
but he recently has been rejected by God for disobedience. In chapter 16, the prophet Samuel went to Jesse's house and and, uh, God had told him to go to that house and pick out a new king. And and Jesse was so excited, he got all of his boys together except for one. And he said, here's my oldest. He's really, really sharp. Look at him. He looks the part. Well, you see, God had already made that mistake because Saul looked the part. He was head and shoulders above everybody else. But God said, Samuel... Don't judge like most people judge. I judge differently. I look at the heart. In fact, Jesse was so excited and so sure that it was going to be one of his older boys, he didn't even invite the youngest. So the prophet goes through each one of those sons, and he's like, this is not him. Do you have another boy? And I'm sure Jesse was a little, a little, little shame because he said, yeah, we have one more, but... Man, he's so young and he's out there with the sheep. And Samuel said, we're not doing a thing till he gets here. You see, guys, here's the deal. God knows where you are. You ever felt like David sometimes? Ronnie, you ever felt like you're out there just doing your thing and God has forgotten about you? People have forgotten about you. You seem to be overlooked. Let me tell you something. God never forgets about you. You can never be outside of God's protection. God knows where you are. And God will stop everything to anoint you. And so David shows up on the scene and he is anointed king. And and I'm sure that made for some interesting family discussions, okay? But David now is the king and and, and not a whole lot has changed in his life, okay? He goes back to his sheep. He he had an opportunity to play a a little music for the king. But but again, not a whole lot has changed in David's life. So in in chapter number 17, we pick up reading. I'm going to read a little bit. I'll talk a little bit. And I believe that we're going to watch God do something great today. Amen? Chapter number 17 of 1 Samuel, it says... Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle. They were gathered at Succoth and belongs to Judah. They encamped between Succoth and Asura in Ephesdamon. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up a battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side. Israel stood on a mountain on the other with a valley between them. This is pretty easy to understand. You have the good guys on one side, bad guys on the other. There's a valley in the middle. Got it? And a champion, verse 4 says, went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. For those of you that are wondering how tall is that, it's over 13 feet tall. Big old boy, okay? Big old fella, okay? And he comes out into that valley... And it tells us a little bit more about him. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail. The weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. That's heavy. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and he cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? There's his first mistake. They were the servants of God, not the servants of Saul. Choose a man for yourselves. Let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel today. Give me a man. Give me a man that we may fight together. 
When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. You see, giants are all in essence the same. They're large, imposing, can strike fear into you if you let them. Doesn't this sound a lot like the giant you're dealing with? I've got a word from the Lord. He's going down. I've got a word from the Lord. You're going to be victorious. I've got a word from God. I've got a word from David. That spirit of David that's inside of you wants to take that giant down. How can you be so sure, Pastor? Because the same spirit that God gave to David, he has given to you and me to defeat giants in our own lives. Amen? But every giant is the same. Some are called Goliath. Some are called disease. Some are called cancer. Some are called a habit. Some are called addiction. Whatever the case may be, it's a giant. It's something that's got to go. You've dealt with it for too long. So that's what's going on. David, David is uh, not yet on the scene, but Goliath is striking fear into the children of Israel. Verse number 12. Now David was the son of that Ephorite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, who had eight sons. And the man was old, advanced in years in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went were Eliab, the firstborn, next to him, Abinadab, and the third, Shammah. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. As I told you, not a lot had, happened, had changed in David's life. And the Philistines drew near and presented him 40 days, morning and evening. Man, think about this. Goliath pulled this stunt every day, morning and night. Seth, that had to get old, huh? Can you imagine morning and night, every morning, every night for 40 days, this big mouth Philistine comes out and does his thing? Man, that's how the enemy works, isn't it? He tries to intimidate you. It keeps coming up. It keeps happening. But God says it doesn't have to continue. It can end today. But you've got to have that spirit of David within you. Amen? Goliath pulled his little stunt time after time. For 40 days, he would do this thing. Man. But today could be the day of victory. If you allow the David that's inside of you to step forth. So let's read about David. Verse number 17 says, Then Jesse said to his son, Take now for your brothers an elath of dried grain and these ten loaves. Run to your brothers at the camp. Carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their, their thousand and see your brothers how they're doing and bring back news of them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. Let me stop right there. You know, guys, an ordinary errand can set the stage for an extraordinary victory. You know, sometimes in the midst of just your day-to-day -day mundane things, sometimes in the midst of just doing what you normally do, God could be putting you in a position for a miracle. You see, it had been real easy for David, Seth, to just say, Man, I don't want to do that. Come on now. I, I, I'm going to be king. I'm not an errand boy. No, he just said, Father, whatever you need me to do, I'll go to the front lines. God was getting David on the scene to use him greatly. So let's realize that God can use us wherever we're at. Whatever we're doing, God can turn something ordinary into something extraordinary. But the key is faith and obedience. So 
The Bible says David rose early in the morning, left his sheep with a keeper, and took these things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array army against army. So we have the same thing going on again. David left his supplies in the hand of the army, and the supply keeper ran to the army, came and greeted his brothers. So he's doing exactly what he was supposed to do. Remember, blessings follow obedience. Okay? Now let's see what happened. Verse 23. Then as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them for the first time. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen the man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be said that the man who kills, the, who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches, give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in all of Israel. And I tell you what, sign me up for that. Okay, you're going to pay me, give me a pretty girl, and I'm free from taxes. Let's get it on, okay? Let's, let's, let's make something happen. But David, for the very first time, heard Goliath. For the very first time, he heard this, this great giant. Verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You guys, notice how David described Goliath. Everybody else called him a giant. Everybody else said, look at this great champion. David was the first person to, to, to uh, correctly identify who Goliath was, an uncircumcised Philistine. He said, who is this guy? Who does he think he is? Okay? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who should do not defy the armies of God? And the people answered him in this manner, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. So again, David is like, what is going on here? We're the children of God. You see, guys, there are times in your life that you have to speak faith. There are times in your life that you have to act your way in the feeling. You got to speak faith. You got to speak victory. You got to speak faith into situations. You know, some of you are in situations in your family and nobody's speaking faith. You need to be that somebody. Some of you are dealing with situations at work and nobody speaks faith over that workplace. You need to be that somebody. Somebody, you may have a doctor's appointment this week and you don't know what's going to be said, but somebody's got to speak faith in that doctor's room. Amen? Be that somebody. Look at verse 28. Now Eliab, the oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men and Eliab's anger was aroused against David and he said why did you come down here and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness I know your pride and the insolence of your heart for you have come down to the battle guys I don't know about you but I've had to deal with giants and I've had to deal with Eliab's and I don't know which one's worse You know, I I don't know which one's worse sometimes. There are giants in our life. There are Eliabs in our life who just don't think God can do it. You ever met an Eliab? Who gets a little upset when you take a step of faith? Who gets a little upset when you said, let's pray about it? When, when you, who gets a little upset? Why, why is that? Because there's something about your faith that irritates them. 
There's something about your faith that just doesn't settle right with them. But God can handle both of them. Amen? God can shut up the Eliabs and God can knock the giants down to size. You just have to believe. Let's keep reading in verse 29. By the way, these numbers are getting really, really little in my Bible. Before long, I'm out to borrow Miss Chantel's glasses. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. You see, David said, is there not a cause? Are we not the children of God? Last time I checked, we're God's folks. Last time I checked, that giant is God's problem. Last time I checked, he's never lost a battle yet. He's not about to start now. Who, do, who does he think he is and who do we think we are? Guys, sometimes we just got to get... We just got to get tired of the enemy winning. Sometimes we just got to get tired of the enemy having victory in your family. Sometimes we just got to get sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Amen? And we have to begin to speak faith. That's what David did. One small act of faith turned everything around. You know, guys, you may be the key to victory in your family. One act of faith on your part could turn everything around in your family. It worked for David. It worked for the children of Israel. David says, is there not a cause? Are we not on God's side? We are for the cause of Christ. We win. Let's act like it. Let's act like it by exercising our faith and watch giants begin to fall in our lives. Let's keep reading in verse 31 and see how it happened. Now, the, now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight the Philistine. Now Saul said to David, You've not been able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth and a man of war from his youth. And he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and I struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose again against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Guys, remember... It's the hand of the Lord that has given you victory in the past. David remembered, God, I was outnumbered or I was overpowered against a lion, against a bear, but you came through for me. The same God that delivered the lion and the bear into David's hand was going to deliver Goliath into God's hand, into David's hand. You got to believe that too. Has God ever come through for you before? Has God ever healed you before? Has God ever answered your prayer before? Well, the same God who did it before can do it again. We just have to believe. Amen? You see, for David, it was a lion, it was a bear. For you and me, has God healed you before? He'll do it again. Has God come through for you before? He'll do it again. Has God provided for you before? He will do it again. Giants want you to forget. God wants you to remember. The enemy wants you to forget. The enemy wants you to think you've never been in this situation before and God has forgot about you and you're not going to survive. 
the Lord wants you to remember. Remember how good I've been to you in the past. Remember how good I've been to you in the past. Remember how I answered that prayer before. Remember how I saved that child before. Remember, remember, remember. The enemy wants you to forget. God wants you to remember. Amen? Because when we remember, faith becomes energized. When we remember that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, there is no hint of changing in him. All of a sudden, the David in us gets excited. All of a sudden, the Goliath before us gets nervous. Why? Because God wants you to remember. Amen? Let's remember all the good things God has done for you and me. David remembered. David told King Saul, God has delivered me from the hand of a lion and from a bear, and he's going to do the same to this big mouth Philistine. Moreover, David said in verse 37, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will surely deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. If God has done it before, I submit to you that he can do it again. Amen? Let's continue reading in verse 38. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor, and he tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Friends, don't try to be someone or something you're not. Be yourself. Be exactly who God created you to be. Amen? You know what? Guys, I I, I can only be Mo Seneca. And, And we don't need you to be me. Okay? We've got that covered. We need you to be you. Mario, we need you to be you. Pastor Tommy, we need you to be you. Norma, you need to be you. You need to be who God created you to be. Fabian, be you. Britt, keep being you, baby. Okay? It's who God created you to be. God created you just how you are with your personality, with your little quirkiness, with all those things. Stop trying to be somebody you're not and be who God created you to be. Amen? God don't make no mistakes. God don't mess things up. God didn't just all of a sudden mess things up when he created you. No! God created you with a purpose and with a plan. Now be who God created you to be. Don't try to be somebody else. Sometimes we in the church, we try to put stigmas on people and we try to get you to to act a certain way and be a certain person. No, look, just do things God's way. Trust God and be who God made you to be. Amen? That's what David did right here. He's like, King, hey, I like your armor. It may work for you, but that ain't going to work for me. Okay? So be who God created you to be. And God can use that person to do great things. So let's read what God used him to do. Verse number 40. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. You know, I've heard it said before when I heard a preacher preach this message that, you know, it wasn't that David was worried about missing because he was very, very accurate. But history tells us that Goliath had a few brothers. And just in case they wanted some, he was going to be ready for them as well. Amen? So make preparations. Good royal ranger, be ready. David was ready. So the Bible says that David took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. He put him in his shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. 
And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with a stick? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. All I got to say is, blah, blah, blah. Okay? It's just that big giant running his mouth Again, just running off at the mouth. You see, David drew near to the giant. He took a step of faith. He won on the offensive and not the defensive. You see, giants are used to you playing defense, not playing offense. Those giants are used to you being intimidated. Those giants are used to you taking a step back. But by faith, when you begin to take a step forward, that giant gets nervous. That You ever notice when somebody gets nervous, they talk a lot? You notice that? You know, my kids are like that. When they're nervous, they talk a lot, okay? Hayden, you must be nervous a lot, okay? No, they just talk a lot, okay? I get like that. Mario, you you stay like that, okay? Okay? You know, we talk a lot sometimes. I believe Goliath was nervous. I believe he's like, look at this little boy bringing, what's going on here, Okay? Guys, I got to tell you, it's time for us to stop stepping back from that giant and start stepping toward that giant. Amen? Because the battle is not yours. It's God's. Amen? If you are solely dependent on you to win victory, I wouldn't blame you for backing up, Don. But if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen? The battle is not yours. It's God's. Giants are used to us playing defense, but when you begin to play offense, when you begin to take steps of faith, all of a sudden, those giants get really, really nervous. Verse 45, and David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. This day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear for the battle is the Lord's. He will give you unto my hand. You see, friends, real, real simple. The battle is God's to win or lose. Amen? Results are up to God. You just have to be obedient. You just have to do what God tells you to do. You just have to do what God created you to do. Results are up to God. The battle is the Lord's to win or lose. And guys, I got to tell you, God's a lot like Alabama. He don't lose very often. You're welcome. Okay. It pained me to say that. Man, I was pulling against them rascals yesterday, but they won as usual. Okay. Or rather, I should say this. Alabama's a lot like God. Okay. God's been around longer than Bama. Thank goodness. Okay. But here's the deal, guys. God don't lose. God don't plan on losing. If, if you need to be reminded, read the, read the end of this book. The end of this book says we win, okay? We win, and it's big. It's colossal. It's a great victory. And the same God that always wins will win for you today. Amen? You see, guys, this is where the victory really happened right here. This is where the victory really happened when when David realized that it's not my battle. 
It's not my battle. This is not my victory. The battle is the Lord's. And guys, you got to get that too. That situation you've been dealing with, that sickness you've been dealing with, that family situation, whatever the case may be, it's not your battle to win or lose. It's the Lord's battle. Amen? That person you've been believing God to get saved, you can't get them saved. It's the Lord's battle. Amen? That situation at work, that, that, that employer of yours who is such a pain to be around, that's God's problem, not yours. Believe God for victory. Amen? Trust God and victory is assured. You see, guys, faith is the key to your victory. Faith is the key to your victory. While others saw that giant was someone who was too big to hit, David saw him as a target that it was too big to miss. It's how you picture that giant. It's how you view your opponent. Some people are like, oh, I can't touch that. I can't go there. David said, I can't miss that boy, (laughs) okay? I can't possibly lose. Why? Because the battle is the Lord's. You see, I truly believe that right here is where the battle was won. Now, we'll read the rest of the story because it's a pretty cool story, but that's just the details of the victory. The battle was run right here when David said, the battle is the Lord's. This is God's fight. And that's where you need to be right now. Those of you that are believing God for giants to fall, those of you that are believing God for a healing, those of you that are believing God for a breakthrough, if you'll believe that the battle is the Lord's, victory is assured. Amen? So let's read how it went down. So when the Philistines arose and came near to meet David, David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Again, there was no back down to this young man. He just put his head down and he ran toward the giant. Then David put his hand in his bag and he took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank deep into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Guys, I love that. That giant went down. That giant in your life is going down too. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and he struck the Philistine and he killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it from its sheath, and killed him and cut his head off with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley. You see, guys, one small act of faith by a young boy named David invigorated an entire nation. A nation won a victory that day because of one small act of faith. Your family can do the same. Your family, Robin, can do the same. One act of faith on your part can change everything about your family. I believe that. This story proves that. Amen? So David prevailed. The Philistines saw that their champion was dead. Now the men of Israel and Judah rose up. They shouted. They pursued the Philistines all the way to the entrance of the valley, to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Sharah, even as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. But he put his armor in the tent. When Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, king, I don't know. 
So the king said, Inquire whose son this young man is. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? David said, I am the son of your servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. You see, guys, this is how it all happened. David's one act of courage inspired an entire nation. And your one act of courage can do the same as that giant in your life will surely fall.